Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello, Cosmere people. Dave. Internet. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with Craig doing a good thing, so that. All right. Well, we'll see what you guys think. Um, I don't know. I feel a little bit bad for recommending this, but, you know, it's fun. Uh, uh, it's part of the Wordle craze. Um, it is not Wordle itself. Yeah, if you enjoy it, that's fine. Um, but I like the 16 Wordle at a time version, which is Seti Cordle. Uh, um, I don't know why. I really like doing it. It's just Wordle. Only you do 16 of them at the same time. So every word you put in applies to all of the wordles that you're participating in. Um, and it's really the thing I like about it is that you can use the information that you have to help you deduce what some of the words happen to be. So you might start with, for example, a couple of words to unlock some letters for you. And then you'll scroll through the list of 16 and see if there's any that you have four or five letters either green or maybe yellow, you know, depending on, on what you have. But you can deduce what the word is, and then you use that information to try to figure out what the other words are. So there's there's this logic component, because I, I do not like word games, as I don't, I don't know if you guys know, I'm not like a wordplay fan, I'm not a word game fan, but there's something about this that is sort of fun. It has a logic component that I do enjoy. Yeah, I, um, I prefer Soda Cordal to normal wordle but i honestly find them both pretty easy but set for some reason is more fun yeah although like set might actually be easier it it probably you get, like, seven is seven bombs for the entire list of words i think yeah um i also do nerdle which is math wordle uh which i figured you might like dave but mm. it's it's sort of easy there is a binerdle that they have on their page as well, which is two nerds at once. Um, so it has a little bit of that. I actually, I typically saw both, but um, and I also do Dungeon which is just it's like you have um, like warriors, archers, wizards, and a bunch of enemies, and you have to figure out the placement of all of them and treasures as well. I don't know. That's sort of fun. Ooh, and there's another one my friend showed me, which. At first, I was like, uh, I don't think I want to do this. It's called Redactyl, which is just, it's Wikipedia. They they, they pick, like, a curated list of 10,000 top Wikipedia pages, and they redact all of the words, except for, like, a couple of common things. And you have to you have to guess the different words and try to figure out what the heck the Wikipedia article is. And uh, the first time I did it, this was, you know, a good two weeks ago. Uh, the word was foam, but... The way I got to it, it's like I started guessing random words like about, I don't know, countries or something like that, because it seems like I got a hit there. But then I, I put in like, I think, gravity or something like that. And it had a whole bunch of things. I'm like, what the heck? So I started doing all these like physics type words. And I was getting closer and closer until I ended up doing like the states of matter, like gas, liquid. And and then suddenly I could actually see what it is and, and guess foam. It, it, it's sort of it's weirdly neat. I didn't think I would enjoy it. It takes a long time, though. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm done. Try, I'm try those need, out. 
I'm going to need links to all of those. Okay, got done. another uh, Wordle spinoff for you. Have you ever played uh, Squirtle? I think it's called. It's a Pokemon oh, yeah. version of Wordle, where it's like you guess a uh, you guess a Pokemon, and it tells you like if it matches the generation, the the typing, the the height and weight. <laughs> I basically only know Gen One, so I've done okay. Um, I think I got like four out of five of them right with uh, with Gen One Pokemon. But if you know, if you have like a better info on all the other, like you can and you can select your options. Like you can say like, okay, I want to include Gen One, or I want to include this this set of games or whatever. So yeah, that one's good. Well, since since we're talking about our Wordle type games, um, I frequently play Quirtle, which is Q U O R D L E. Uh, and that's four wordles at once. So kind of like the 16, I guess, but it's only four. Um, and I also really enjoy one called Global. I guess you could pronounce it Global. Uh, so it's the globe and you pick a country and it tells you it, it's like a game of hot and cold. Are you close to today's country of the day? And it'll tell you how many uh, kilometers you are from from that country. Um, or if, you know, you happen to pick one that is touching the border, then it's zero kilometers. But like, um, yeah, that, that one's, I'm learning lots of geography that way. Oh, you can should, you should actually, that one. Shouldn't that only take four guesses? Like after the first two guesses, you have it narrowed down to two points, right? Well, I guess uh, the country is not a point. The countries are two dimensional. So I guess it's maybe so you a little more nuanced than that. You could do triangular. We had one. <laughs> my my husband was watching over my shoulder as I was playing one the other day. I always start with Canada because blame Canada, and then it's like, okay, how far are we from the country? And I'll decide if I want to guess somewhere north or south. Um, so, but it was like, okay, we're somewhere in Europe, but we're not in Africa, and we're not we're not in Asia. It's got to be somewhere in Europe. It's close to italy it's bordering on italy it's not it's not bordering on italy what the heck and it turned out that uh papal states count so it was vatican the secret country of the day was vatican i was like uh, the uh, uh the weird wordle variant that i like is called box office game uh the website what? is box office ga.me uh and it gives you a week and a year and then it lists the like top five grossing films of that week and you have to try to guess the title you're given the previous week's ranking the distributor the gross the percentage change from last week the total um the number of weeks it's been like tracked i guess it's been out i guess i don't know and then like you can spend points to reveal like various informations like Who's the main actor? Who's the director? What's the plot synopsis? What's the tagline? That sort of thing. And, like, spending points to reveal stuff cuts into, like, your total final score. So the more you reveal, the worse you score. So, yeah. That's interesting. I, I definitely want to look into this. Yeah. I will post the link in good things. But, Dave, right now it's your turn to give us a good thing. Uh, my good thing this week is... Uh... I don't think this has been my good thing before. It's, uh, it's a game. I don't know if anyone on this podcast has ever heard of it. It's kind of obscure. It's called Terraria. been playing a lot of that this week. You guys ever hear of this game? Nope. Never heard of it. Is it's it like Minecraft. Familiar. It's like um, Minecraft, right? 
It's exactly like Minecraft while being nothing like Minecraft. It was a big deal crafting game before crafting games got into everything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just been playing a lot of that this week and having fun with that. Um, I like when I, when I play these types of games, I like farming and automation. So I've got, got all my like little herb garden going and my crystal trees and everything going. All right. Uh, trying to get my bum friends together so we can go and defeat Wall of Flesh. Quarantined all my uh, quarantined off the existing corrupted zones and they're just goofing off. I'm doing all the work. But I'm still having fun with them. And if we uh, end up getting the whole world hallowed and corrupted, then we'll just roll a new one and we'll bring all our equipment with us. It'll be all right. <laughs> That's the spirit, Dave. If we ruin this world, we'll just move to another world. Yep. <laughs> we'll bring our technology with us. The farthest I've ever gotten was, I think, post-Plantera. Definitely got up to Plantera with the group I played with during quarantine. I don't remember if we beat Plantera or not. And Craig, I need you to come drop drop me some life fruit. Just uh, you know, just violate the prime directive this once. That that is work that I'm not willing to participate in. Because that means I have to go gather. I only gather enough for myself whenever I play. <laughs> really? I set so up I'd a whole life fruit gather. farm. That's good for selling. Oh, like, you one set of the up best farms, income yeah. sources. So I actually, I already have our life fruit farm set up on my current world. I have to <laughs> we say, need like, to do all this stuff. I've I've seen your world and I am very impressed with the kind of farms that you build. So, uh, yeah, yeah shout out to that. You can't do a ton of automation until you unlock the steampunker there. There's more automation. I'm curious what you're going to set up. The, have to say the steampunker sets up sensors that will like mm. send electric pulses at dawn and things like that. And I and also like quarter second timers and stuff. But yeah, build a nice elaborate greenhouse. And I learned from my mistake before. So the first time I built a greenhouse, I built the different kinds of plants too close to each other and would accidentally uh, like plant the moon glow seeds in the wrong pots and stuff, which is no big deal. But, you know, get a little uh, get a little meticulous over things like that. So I learned from that my previous mistakes and I spread out my different types of herbs a little more. I've been messing around with actuators. So like I'm I'm trying to think of a way to make a counter. And I'm sure other people have already done it, but I think I can make a counter by having water blocks and like have a timer so that like an actuator pulses to drop one water block, and then after so many, that way I can actually set up um, set up my deathweed so that it uh, so that like it, it alerts when there's a full moon or like will harvest itself when there's a full moon. So I just have to count. Anyway, yeah, I, we got a podcast to do, guys. Sorry. Get a little side distracted. Uh, so my good thing this week is chicken strips. Made them for dinner. They're delicious. In that place where you always get food? No, I, I made them. I cooked them myself. But where'd you get the chicken, Mike? Where'd you get the chicken? That came from Walmart. Oh, that explains everything. That sounds yummy. Uh, yeah, I. if you get the opportunity, um, homemade chicken strips, super duper good. Uh, biggest tip is over-season your flour. Like, whatever amount of seasoning you think should go into the flour, do about double that. And then cayenne pepper in the flour. Makes it delicious. I've been experimenting with flour alternatives for, you know, reduced carb chicken strips and things like that. And I'm still fine-tuning it, but maybe adding extra seasoning will help. I actually did all right last time with it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't, like, stick as much as real flour is the problem. 
I don't know how you'd make this work with, like, low-carb. I could see doing, like, uh, what's the thing? I've lost the words. Almond the thing flour? That, the thing that flour is that some... Gluten. Gluten-free. Like, you could do gluten-free. There's plenty oh, of options yeah. there. But I don't know how you do that low-carb. Well, the, you'd have to use... There's almond flour, coconut flour, which coconut flour is, like, more carbs than it's worth. Uh, I also use psyllium husk, which is, like... I don't think you're really supposed to use it as a flour substitute. Yeah, no. It's basically 100% fiber. <laughs> That's what Metamucil is made of. What's Metamucil? Um, I'd actually say if you're if you're using like a flour alternative, you're probably better off doing like a a batter instead of instead of like panning. Colonel Sanders would be so disappointed in us sharing our secret recipes. But when I need breadcrumbs and I don't want to have actual breadcrumbs, crushed pork rinds does the trick. Um Cornflakes. Cornflakes is really good. I don't use them because I prefer to go panko breadcrumbs, but cornflakes. Buy a box Cereal? of cornflakes. Yes. Crush it up. It it makes a great crumbly, crispy outer coating. It's delicious. Interesting. Uh, so, Tori, what's your good thing this week? Um, Love, Death, and Robots Season 3 just dropped on Netflix, and it's all good. The whole thing. It's nine episodes this time around. One of them involved a giant crab monster, and I do not do crabs of any size. So I screamed several times, but I got through it. Take that, husband. He was like, you're going to want to skip episode two. And I was like, is that a challenge? And then it was a giant crab monster. And I was like, <gasps> and, <laughs> but, but I made it. And I had nightmares afterwards. But I made it. Anyway, they were all really good episodes. I really enjoy that show. Uh, it's it's inappropriate. I think I've used it as my good thing before. I would just like to remind everyone that the show is very inappropriate. But I enjoy that. One of my favorite authors, John Scalzi, has written a number of episodes for, for the show. Yes, uh, yes he has. Specifically the three robots, and then there was something about yogurt. Yeah, the three robots came back this season. But yeah, John Scalzi. Love Death and Robots. Still haven't watched it. It should. All right. Uh, Dave, chapters. Do it. Let me just scroll down here while Craig says what number. Uh, let's see. We're here. doing chapter 76 and... to 81, I think. 81? Uh, 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 hold on. Let me, let me check uh, our... Let me read chapter 81 real quick. I hope it doesn't take too long. Yeah, 76 to 80. Did you not actually read 81? Uh, we'll see when we get there. 76. Dave diagrams as he wants. Scrolling down. Scrolling. This book's long. I'm on page 11. Wouldn't it have been easier to scroll to the bottom and then scroll up that way? I didn't want to spoil it. <laughs> 11, that's the font size. Uh, all. Man, Mike's going to have to hate do all this editing. I'm not editing not any of this out. Chapter 76, Anne and Emil. Kill those murderers dead. I hate Sadius, but not in the same way I hate Zane. This city is so inflammable, it probably would have burned down without Dalinar's help anyway. Uh-oh, the hidey hole was a prison hole. As the high storm must pass, pass, I uh, take two. As the high storm must pass, all mortal agonies will fade. Take it, Craig. I don't want to talk about this chapter. See, I wonder on. why. Chapter 77. No, we, we could do a quick recap. I'll just have to be very... This is a hard chapter. Um, so this is this is a Dalinar flashback. 
sequence, and he, he's very angry um, because one, one could say it was a heated argument. All right, chapter seventy-seven. Tori did it. She figured it out. Um, Hildo's murder is dead. Is that from Bloodstain? Because I know that quote from Bloodstain. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Bloodstained. Uh, essentially, Downar is is angry because uh, he fell into a trap. And so they're Hard. basically going to burn uh, the rift. He has a hot temper. Um, the problem is that uh, he has a very fiery relationship with his wife. They oh, get on gosh. like a house on fire. Oh, gosh. Burning passion. A little hot under the collar there. Hey, you know how we always sound like serial killers when we record this? <laughs> One of those times. I didn't even That's... say anything. And Dave is I don't just even chilling. think I'm in this episode. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I can't speak for Tori, but I'm yeah, done. Ca carry on. I'll be good. I I, th I think that uh, explains it well enough. Um, unfortunately, we had one of the main flashback characters die in this chapter. Flashback! And we even saw her corpse. Like, she's actually confirmed dead -o. Well, we saw half of her face, anyway. We got body, we got crime. Yeah. So, Evie went in to try to convince them to, I'm honestly not sure, give up? Not fight? I don't know. I don't know what... She was going to try to do a truce of some kind, I think. Maybe yeah. she knew she would be kidnapped, and she thought Dalinar wouldn't burn the city down with her inside. <laughs> Little did she know. Yeah. Well, that's what they were planning, that if they capture Evie, then Dalinar won't like, th that maybe destroy was all Evie's of them. Plan. Like, maybe she knew that she would be captured, and like that was her plan, to prevent the violence, you know? In, in all fairness to Dalinar, he did try to to show a little bit of mercy near the end. Unfortunately, he also gave orders earlier that he wasn't allowed to show mercy. So, as Sadius reminded him, the last few uh, flashback chapters, it was essentially the the people of the Rift doing everything right to trick Dalinar. It just sort of works out. This is this is the chapter where they did everything wrong. It's not their fault Dalinar didn't die. Yeah, sure. That was their first and only problem. Well, I mean, they did rebel to begin with, so, you know, there's that. So, yeah. Unfortunately, Evie is dead as of this so chapter. We're told. Hang on, though. What's what's their end game? Let's say, let's say they did kill Dalinar. What is Gavilar going to be forced to do at this point? If Dalinar is killed? Yeah. Like, let, let's say their, their devious plan... Yeah. So... They retaliate without the Blackthorn. How are they in a better position with Dalinar dead? Dalinar's dead. That's the, like, <laughs> Dalinar basically accounts for 50% of Cavalar's army. <laughs> like, he's that OP. Okay, but then you have the other 50% focused on this one town and erasing it from the map. So they're up against Dalinar plus part of the army. So that's, def by definition, you know, more than 50%. So by killing Dalinar, they only have to deal with up to 50%. Anyway, Dalinar burns it all, then tries to not burn it all, and Sadius was like, hey, you gave us orders to kill everybody who tried to escape, so we did that. And he evolves into Flareon. Oh my goodness. Once again, told you I was done, and, and could not speak for Tori. <laughs> you sure couldn't. Chapter 77? I'll speak for Tori. Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Starrunner. 
to join us when episodes go live, visit us on Facebook and Patreon. To join a discussion, visit our Discord server. <laughs> what are we Spot talking on about? Impression. Spot on. <laughs> uh, our traveling Woolberries is by Gillicuddy. Traveling made up continent. Chapter <laughs> I don't get to listen to the outro very often. Chapter 77. Storm Shelter. Storm Helter Skelter. I don't know. Hang on. Wasn't Traveling <laughs> Wilburys a Tom Pe- a Tom Petty band? No, it was a George Harrison band. Oh, that's less impressive. I don't care about getting an old Beatle. He's the best one. Well, I mean, Tom Petty's dead, so... Yeah, but, like, what a get if we could have a Tom Petty song as our theme and not get sued. I don't even think Tom Petty was a, Petty was a founding member of the Traveling Wilburys. I don't well, I think Ringo Starr was the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> There was literally someone who was best. Oh, man. Do you want to talk about Chapter 77 yet? Yes, please. All right. Why does Sylphrena know an old windsprint trick? Safe house bar. Sia Anat, the taker of secrets. A shirt marn, the heart of the revel. Hello, odd little Kremlin. Adolin pays for Shallan's damages. Adolin is Dalinar's son? Adolin goes through the pictures on Shallan's cell phone. I hope there's nothing embarrassing in there. Does light weaving make you a better artist? Or does the order simply recruit great artists? Uh, we had sort of this discussion regarding Lyft's personality fitting in with the edge dancers. And I thought maybe being an edge dancer, you know, caused her to be a little slippery in the in a social regard as well as, you know, her physical powers. And you were like, well, or were they looking for someone who was like that? And maybe you were alluding to this future chapter, or maybe not. I don't know. All right. Evie had a fondness for hugs. No, Evie, how could you die 10 years ago? Uh, So we were. Thank you for being you. (laughs) Hey, Dylan, what's up? Uh, We were talking about just sort of general Night Radiant recruitment strategies. So, like, if it's a spren looking for someone to bond, they try to find someone who, like, fits the bill. Oh, so they have to do less work to convert them. Yes. If it's, say... It's like if you're uh, an employer, you want to hire someone that already has experience. So let's pretend for a moment that squires can eventually, like, bond. At that point, they don't necessarily need to, like, show any of the the appropriate qualities so much as they've, they've already, like, proven themselves as squires. And so, like, yeah, they don't necessarily have... have to be artists. We had honor friends show up at Squire practice, so, you know, I assume that Squires can become full radiance. Hold on, Dave. We're playing pretend here. We're, we're just imagining. We're using our imagination. We're playing a game of what if. And, yeah, at, at that point, mm-hmm. like, if, say, one of Shallan's Squires had no artistic ability, uh, but then bonded. You mean like, but, uh? <laughs> but then bonded then they would likely start gaining some form of artistic ability because it's sort of tied into the whole power set. Ah, yeah. Well, Gaz does have an eye for colors. (laughs) Oh, what's the other one for? It's for shading, obviously. Consummate Vs? So do you think Gaz's one eye is, like, his identity now? So if Gaz becomes a squire, do you think he'll heal his eye, or do you think he's too identified with having one eye? I legally, I legally can't answer this question. Legally, yes, it is if, illegal. If you if you ask me that again, you're gonna have to tell me whether or not you're a cop, and then it's entrapment. Entrapment. 
I could Oops. ask my dad. My dad only has one eye. Hmm. Ask him what how, if if his identity has one eye or two. Yeah. What if like my identity is having three arms? Can I have three arms? You know, like remember when? Well, I, I mean, Spider Man grow the... extra arms at one point because that was yeah. his identity, and he that... absorbed stormlight. That that was not why that happened, but uh, I would assume that like if you could really convince yourself that that was your identity, then yeah, you should be able to, because if you look at the returned, they don't actually look like you know seven foot chiseled gods, but they think they do, so they do. Ah, huh. And what if I had a ferrochemical identity mind, and I were a squire, and I had stormlight? Could I then? like turn into that person whose identity mind I was using and then would I stay that person after I shucked the identity mind and could Dalinar just like turn me into whoever he wants at any time Dalinar doesn't play with identity Dalinar plays with connection uh right Shallan oh, so he, plays so with identity uh, yeah. and I mean theoretically she could soul cast you into a different person which kind of sounds like a round, like the more direct way of getting to where you were getting roundabouted. Okay, how about the rest of these bullet points? Uh, I'm gonna have to start over. All right, chapter one: broken and divided. These last six days felt like a year or more. All right, uh, have you had a fondness for hugs? You know, thank you for being you, Adolin. Everyone else was taken already. Hopes and dreams. Vale and Bethaz stakeout. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. Who wrote that? I'm sorry. But that is one of them squires, I guess. Steal from the rich and give to the crazy. Hoodwinked. Man, Hoodwinked <laughs> is such a great movie that was animated like crap. It looks so bad. But, like, the you know, writing and the performances are incredible. Never... What's that about? Is it about Robin Hood? Uh, Little Red Riding Hood. Oh. And, and it's like a Rashomon. It's, mm, it's a weird Robin. movie, but it's great. And then it looks like garbage. Uh, I don't feel like talking about this chapter either. What do you got, Craig? Okay. Uh, so this is a, a Kaladin and Shallan chapter. Um, so he's Kaladin is, is with the um. Well, he was with the Wall Guard, but he's what is he going to a storm shelter? I haven't actually read the chapters, by the way, guys. If you couldn't tell, um, I think Kaladin's <laughs> so, in this chapter. Kaladin is in this chapter, although all of your bullet points are about Shallan. Um. Wait. Okay, then where's Kaladin in this chapter? I don't know, he's not in this chapter. He's Dreamy like, oh, Kaladin oh, is right, on his way to a Dreamy Kaladin. He's not there because, he is there because he's not allowed to drink because he has work tonight. That's right. Yeah, anyway. And burn it off with Stormlight. Um, Shalon found some information about the Unmade. Uh, she believes there's two in the city. Uh, Sajanat and Ashartmarn, the Heart of the Revel. If I said those names right. What? Did I love I the way it's just, it's the way you said it wrong. Ashert Mart. What? How? Do, how do you even know how to pronounce that? You Asher? sound like the Swedish chef when you say it that way. <laughs> All right. Well, Asher the way Martin? the way you said the way you said a shirt Martin, it sounded like you said a word that's something you do in shard plate. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. The heart of the revel. Um. Yeah, so she, so Shallan has a plan to infiltrate the palace in the middle of the night. Um, and while she's preparing, um, I think the barkeep comes in on them because because she's apparently been breaking stuff or something. I don't know. There's damages. I don't I don't remember this chapter. 
I'll be honest. So if someone else wants to pick up, please do, because the the copper mine is a little bit vague on on what happened. Tori, would shoulders. you like to to uh, translate Dave's ramblings? <laughs> yeah, I I'll guess try. we have to upload my bullet points to the uh, to shard mine, copper mine. So Shalon was carving on the table because she didn't have uh... her she didn't have her drawing utensils handy, and uh, so then Adolin paid for the damage to the table. Can't lift to just heal the table. Hmm. She's not here is the answer, I guess. But maybe they'll get her in here soon if they open that oath key. They better hurry up before the table changes its identity. Well, see, now I'm wondering if she could heal the table. I think if it's a wooden table, almost definitely. Anyway, not important. This episode's already like two hours long. Am I still here? I'm yep. still here. What's What are we waiting on? Oh, I thought... Tori was uh, talking about bullet points. Oh, am I supposed to talk about all the bullet points? Uh, no, that's all right. Anything else for Chapter 77? Um, yeah, Voth is a squire, and Adolin is adorable in this chapter. That's it. Keep Adolin going. Adolin is the best. He says the best thing, because Shalon, you know, Shalon's always identity crising, and she's like, oh, thank you for being you, Adolin. And he's like, well, everyone else was taken already. <laughs> Because Shalon took everyone else, basically. All right. She didn't leave anyone for Adolin except for Adolin. All right. Chapter 78. The Revel. Boydlight. Veil should have had her own veil. Shy Guy Lady. Veil passes some sort of weird orange test. Uh, So, you know, the epigraph talks about Voidlight, which is like purple stormlight for Voidbringers. I don't know. Maybe we've seen the term before. I don't remember. And, you know, Shalon's like, oh, when I was being Robin Hood's friend, maybe I shouldn't have used Vale's real face. And then she's like, but Vale's not real. But I need Vale. But, ah, Vale should have had a Vale to take the fall from being Robin Hood's friend. And then she goes to this, uh, the party rebel, and there's a shy guy lady uh, that's not the shy guy lady from the Ghostbloods, probably. But maybe. I don't know. And she has... uh, Oh, because she's wearing a mask. I get it now. So she has some weird orange test where, like, she was supposed to ask about the Oathgate platform or something. That was her test. I don't remember what the orange test was. I mean, I I do know that at the end of that sequence, um, she it sounds like she's she's failing to join the cult. And then she talks about, like, some voice in her head to give in and embrace the time of the sprint. And that they're like, oh, okay, she's she knows. And she passes the top. Next scene. Kaladin likes post-storm, but I think Shalon didn't. Dinner with Azure. Change places. What? What does this mean? <laughs> Kaladin changes places at the tea table. Just like in Alice in Wonderland. So, and... I, I don't know if Kaladin likes post-storm. I know Kaladin hates the... No, he's basically like, I love how it smells after a storm. And yeah, Shalon he, he hates the, the middle been... part. He hates the weeping, yeah. The weeping, thank you. It's too dreary. All right. Now, uh, restaurant at the end of the universe. I think there was some other crypto sprint, but I didn't write it down. Vale ditches her guard, and Kishi heads toward the platform. So Kishi is Vale's new name as uh, one of the uh, spren-worshipping cult people. Uh, the Awakened, I think they're called. But it's not. What are the Awakened? Is that even a Stormlight thing? Anyway, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like an edgely thing. Like awakening is the investiture usage on, in Warbreaker world. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe that's what I was thinking. I don't know. I'm just making up. Yeah, that's all. That's all shards. <laughs> shards all the way down. Uh, all right. So, Craig, was there some like crypto sprint? Like, Shalon thinks she hears like a hum that wasn't coming from Pattern or something. Is that right? Well, sort of. You were sort of, but not really right. Okay. Um, maybe it was like the corrupt version of a crypto sprint. Cryptic. Anyways, so Vale's like, hey, guard, dude, I'm going to go in there and take a nap. And well, I think that she's that she said something to the guard. She's like, oh, I'm going to go into that building. And I think at first he thinks that she wants to partake in some carnal pleasures. But she's like, no, I just want to take a nap. And then she leaves an illusion of Vale in there taking a nap and takes on you know, some some NPC uh, appearance to go yep. head to the she platform. Does. I, I like right. how some other NPC, I like that. It reminds me of Crystalis, where you just change into like, mm. NPCs. It... And and then all the beaches are different. Like, oh, you're so-and-so. Okay, I'll talk to you like this kind of person. Yeah. That's exactly what understand. happens. Why do you need to transform into Stom to get into Shiron? Because, like, the hero is also part of the Resistance. Why don't they just let him into Shiron? And also, if you change him to Akahana, they don't let you in, even though Akahana is in there. Like, obviously, they let him in. Why can't I change him to him? Because they already let him in. But Stom's in there, too. Anyway, maybe they didn't see him show up. Oh, whatever. Next scene. Azure is a woman. Two arms. I guess he's not talking to Zaphod Beeblebrox. So, yeah, uh, Kaladin and Azure are playing this, like, are you already in? You know, like, are you, you know, you're here, like flying, and we're, we're already, and like they're so all beating in- around the bush, and then, and then the alarm bell sounds because the Voidbringers are attacking the city. How convenient! So they're asking each other if they're ready without quite saying if they're ready. They're like, "Who are you? What are you implying? What are you implying? <laughs> Who are you?" Okay. Uh, next scene, Kishi finds the second boss, then a voice speaks to Shalon, then Vale jumps off the platform so Radiant can be with Adela. Nice. Perfect. Yep. You got, got him all three. <laughs> all four. We count Kishi. Yeah. So, yeah, we found the second boss, and it's guarding the Oathgate platform. It's, this is the, this is not the corruption one, I think. This is the, like, the this heart is of the, the like, heart of the rebel, yeah. Which I'm not going to try to pronounce again. All right. Anything else for chapter 78? We kind of did them as we went. This is a big chapter. Yeah. I, I think you did it all. The montage was between Shalon and Dreamy Kaladin. Yep. All right. Chapter 79. Echoes of Thunder. I'm not going to pretend I understand what these SD cards mean. Okay. <laughs> Just okay. who is this Dreamy Kaladin anyway? Don't be afraid to be yourself, Dreamy Kaladin. The sky would never cheat on you, Dreamy Kaladin. The allies' gate is down. One bites the dust. Not another one. Just the one. Ever. How does DK know about the Herald's prison? Is something actually... Someone actually paying attention during those pouring meetings? Donkey Kong is not very good at shalaning. Alright, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> okay, so this is Kaladin uh, fighting off the... The, the fused attack. Um, I, I think it's actually the, the big overall battle. So they're they're attacking. And the fused are like, Haha, I'm going to make you fly some other direction, Kaladin. And Kaladin is like, 
please. He's one with this guy, so it's not a big deal. So he, but I think he's he's still acting like he's not a night radiant at that point, at least to the other few. So he falls in whatever direction he was latched, but you know, in a controlled way. Um, the only time he actually uses stormlight in this chapter is after falling like two stories. He heals himself just enough to survive and not be seriously injured. Yeah. So. Uh, he does try to kill one of the fuse, and he stabs him in the wrong place. He you ha- you have to aim for the heart. So there's that. Um, and finally and finds Sophrena out. Sophrena tips him off. Yeah, Sophrena helps. Yeah, she she was the knife at the time. Yeah, like Vin. Yeah, the knife, the sword, just like wax. You have to cut off the head or destroy the brain. Just like a zombie. Wait, just like a vampire? Anyway, no, that one um, that one is cut off the head. Burn. Okay, stake the heart. Cut off the head, fill the mouth with holy wafers, burn the entire corpse, scatter the ashes at a crossroads. All of that doesn't actually kill the vampire so much as make it extraordinarily difficult for it to come back. That sounds like Dracula logic right there. Is that the reason why Dracula keeps coming back every Castlevania? I mean, it could be. But yeah, like uh, classic vampire lore why is... Why does Mother Brain come back in every Metroid game? Why does Bowser come back in every Zelda game? So wait, hold up. Mother Brain is only in two Metroids that I know of, and there's like I guess eight. I guess you can't count Metroid Zero Mission as a separate one. <laughs> you could have picked Ridley at least because he appears in more games. Oh yeah, Ridley's I think's actually in all of them. He's in all of them that I've played. I think. Are they all stuck in some kind of reincarnation loop, like Link and Zelda and Ganon and Bowser? Well, or Ridley, go ahead. I was going to say, Ridley becomes more and more mechanical as the series goes on until he's like a Mecha Ridley by the end. Okay, so the Space Pirates, A, keep like cloning Ridley from whatever bits are left over from the last time Samus, you know, explodified him. Um, Yes, there's, there's Mecha Ridley in the like second to last iteration. The final iteration is the the X virus thing that that becomes a Goo Ridley. Makes sense. Like Goo Samus. I was like, yeah. why don't they clone Samus? But then I guess the, the SAX was kind of like a Samus clone. But the Space Pirates didn't make SAX. The X-Parasites just did. Well, yeah. Anyway, uh, and at the end of this chapter, Dreamy Cowden's not very good at shalaning because he reveals himself to be a Radiant with his shard. Yep. Good job, job Donkey Kong. Oh, the reason we're saying Donkey Kong is because that's what Dave's notes say. It says DK instead of Dreamy Calden. Yeah, it's so annoying to type out Dreamy Calden on my phone every time. That's and, your fault for naming him that. And as everyone knows what? from the Donkey Kong rap, DK, Donkey Kong. Yep. True. You, you could is. make one of those autocomplete commands so that whenever you type DK, it comes out as Dreamy Calden. No, what if he needs to type Donkey Kong? And... Well, then you're in trouble. And he would need to actually bond with an autocomplete spren and become an autocomplete spren version of a night radiant. And I don't even want to think about how that would work. I hear Clippy's available. That's how, you, has... that's, how you, that's how you get another bond. Clippy is one of the major <laughs> ones. Is is he is he uh, uh, Uncle Stormfather? Uncle Leo is Clippy. Uh, Grunkle Stan. I forget I mean, what the... you called them, but that's pretty funny. The fourth bondsmith is obviously super glue. 
Uh, oh, that's that's no. Where does duct tape fit into this scenario? No, duct tape that's is one from of the Star squires. Wars. Uh, duct tape's from Star Wars. That's why it has a light side and a dark side. And it holds the universe together. Are you saying that via duct tape, Star Wars is part of the Cosmere? Yep, confirmed. Which then, via Kingdom Hearts, all of Disney and Marvel and everything else is. Right, is but I thought we did that Mark? already. I thought we I thought we brought all that in. Yeah. Via like sure I thought have. it was Marvel to Kingdom Hearts to everything. Marvel to Disney to Kingdom Hearts to everything. I was told that Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere was not supposed to be part of the real world universe. It's okay because the the Venom verse is still separate. All right, Chapter Eighty, Oblivious. Blah no, wait, blah wait. blah. Hang huh? on, they brought the Venom verse in in the new mo- the new Spider Man movie. But then they kicked it back out again. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Carry on. Blah, 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 strike team, blah, Edo mushroom. Yep, still don't know what these SD cards mean. Although, I think this one thing's like a name of a spren, or a, an unmade, and it has Edo, which I think means son of, because Adolin is son of light, right? Unless Edo means light. Anyway, uh... Renard Runes... means born unto himself, so I don't know. Maybe in means un... All right, Grunz is acting suspiciously. Is he secretly a bondsmith? We're about to get cracked in the skull. Hate, hate you. This sentence makes grammatical sense if hate is a collective noun or like the name of a rock band or something. Hate, hate you. Uh, well, at least Vale kept the Crips from going hungry. I, uh, I bet hate is the name of a rock band. I bet there's a rock band out there named hate. All right, Craig. Um... All right, so Vale is is a bit shaken from her activities up at the uh the the oath gate and what she saw. So she goes to pass out the food that she's been Robin Hooding, um, and then it turns out that some some clan or not clan, um, some gang has has been stealing the food. They've been forcing the the people that Shalon has been interacting with to give the food that they received from Shalon to the gang so it's they're jerks and then of course all of the people she's been helping actually hate her because they've been put into the situation where they're they're forced to to do you know give away the food and stuff like it's it's really bad um so hey at least she helped the crips yep i think they're called the grips but yes you know what brandon means and i think grund is dead he got cracked in the in the head another death we did it Alright, anything else for chapter 80? Or the Venomverse? Okay. Chapter 81. Ithi and her sister. The S in SD card stands for Shin. What exactly does Bejowled mean? Doesn't everyone have jowls? Wait, so Beard never actually went skinny dipping with Dalinar? Oh, okay, phew. No, no he actually did. It, he did. Dalinar That's, was lying that... about it. <laughs> no, well, it, it was, but it just it wasn't in the Pure Lake. It was at the Azish Empire because no one would believe it was at the Azish Empire. So that's why he he told people it was at Pure Lake because that's more believable than the truth. That's that's why I wrote okay, few. All right. So basically, Hoyt delivered aluminum walls so they could use soul casters without alerting the Voidbringers. Neat. There you have it. That's this week's chapters. Anything else before we kick Dave off? This chapter was like two or three pages yeah when i was doing my reading today like 
I did the first three chapters thinking it was about half of it, and then went for the second half, and it was it was like seven pages for three chapters. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was very quick reading. I assume chapter 82 is like crazy long, which is why we got short ones. Mm. But I don't know, okay. and the <laughs> diagram was written by a different Tory than the one we have here today. So Right, I don't know either. You mean because of she was like, had a good day when she wrote the diagram, or because every time she goes to sleep, she dies and wakes up a new Tory? The past is a foreign country, Dave. Uh, a foreign country? Which means that past Tory uh, is, is a first-generation immigrant who does not currently speak the language. Uh, but it's okay because okay. past Mike also is that past Dave yeah. isn't past Dave knows a lot of languages past Craig about the same as current Craig still doesn't speak it past, yeah, past Craig can barely speak past these but yeah I'm ready for spoiler time yeah yeah oh bye sure. have a good internet bye Dave bye Dave Dave's gone play the thing this concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right, uh, so we get some more Azure being a world hopper line here this week. Yep, she says lots of color metaphors. And Dave didn't pick up on any of it. She says one color metaphor, but it's the same color metaphor that Vasher has used. So I didn't read the chapters. What did she say? Uh, well, first she swore badly. She said, damnation them, which is awkward and weird and autocorrect. Uh, and then something, something black on white, which is is something that Vasher has said and like explained yep, yep. at some point. But like that's that's it for her lines, basically. Um, she and Kaladin. Doesn't she say something is red? I don't remember. I so, also don't remember that. I I was looking for it, so I don't think so. But you know, I can miss stuff. But I think this is roughly when I started figuring out that Azure was Vivenna. I think it's these chapters. So I remember when they first started fighting together, and one you get to hear more of of her speech patterns. So that means if if she's using the same kind of weird phrases, she's She's doing the same sort of fake connection thing that Basher does, right? Yeah. She's not really connecting. She's fake connecting. It's it's auto-translate. Yeah. Um, the other thing here with the Kaladin, with this Kaladin chapter, is he straight up takes command. Like, he completely ignores the established chain of command and just assumes that he's in charge, and everybody else goes along with it because... I don't think they're actually that well-trained, and they just sort of go along with whoever's shouting orders. <laughs> Whatever works. And, um, and and it doesn't come around to bite him because he kills a, a, a fused, and none of them have done that yet. Yeah, he basically definitely earned the authority. He, he knows what he's talking about, which is the important part. Um, I do have a question related to Azure, though. Are we ever going to reveal to Dave that that's Vivenna, or, or we just let him sit in the dark? We're going to let him sit in the dark. I mean, if we tell him that's Vivenna, we're going to have to tell him that Vasher is what's-his-face. If he, okay, when we get to Rhythm of War, and there's that fight scene between Zahail and Kaladin, if he still doesn't figure it out at that point, there is no hope. 
You mean where Vasher slaps Kaladin in the face with Adolin's dirty underwear? Yes. yes. That yes. one, yes. <laughs> like, you can tell he's using the, the, the same sort of awakening type investiture because he drains the colors of all the color swatch, swatches that he has. And, uh, yeah. It's, it, if he doesn't know that that's somebody from Warbreaker at, at the bare minimum, that, that there really is no hope. But it's but not I'm, just somebody from Warbreaker. It's Warbreaker from Warbreaker. That's true. But I I don't know. He he needs to think. I mean, we still have a lot of scenes with Azure coming up. Um, So he, we'll get to see that her blade is not a sprint because it's just a blade all, as well. Does she even hold it in, in the Cognitive Realm? I forget. We'll see. Oh, I forgot she goes along with them on the road trip. She does. Okay. So Yeah. I think you've mentioned before that's like the most boring part of the book for you. So I, I do not care for it. So we, we are going to read along together. Uh, we as in the readers, not you, Mike. You can do whichever. But uh, yeah, I, I want to see if there's more references. But he's there, there's still clues that he could pick up. Uh, I'm just, well, I don't know. It's fine. I don't think I made in a formal bet saying that he'll figure out Azure is Vivenna, but uh Someone who listens to the podcast can call me out on that if I have said that. I mean, we did make a formal bet on Vasher, and we did. I lost very badly. I won. That's all, that's all I got out of it. And you continue to win every day that we don't tell him. <laughs> Is it a win, though, if he never figures it out? We got to tell him eventually. We got we to gotta pick a time to tell him. How about, how about in book wrap-up for Oathbringer? For for Vasher. Well, Vasher and Vivenna, because knowing one kind of means you know the other. Don't you oh, think it would be fun, though? Can't we wait until that fight in Rhythm of War? Yeah, that's what I was, I think it would be more fun if he's reading that and he's like, wait a minute, I know this. Like, I think that would be sort of fun. Wait a minute, Mike told me this like four times accidentally. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, crap. I just realized something. He's going to be able to listen to spoiler time after Oathbringer. And we definitely mention in spoiler time, Vasher is Zahiel. Like, there's no way he's not going to hear okay. it. Okay, then Oathbringer wrap up. Right? Dang it. Yeah, I think we have to, guys. That's sad. Because essentially, by Oathbringer wrap up, uh, he'll be at the same place we were when we first started the podcast. No, no, wait. Hang on. Let's not tell him. Because will he <laughs> will he get to that part of spoiler time before he gets to that part of rhythm of war? It's like on the one hand we get to tell him, on the other hand he's gonna come back and be like, "What the heck?" After he listens to it. Ooh, okay. I have an idea that I need to run past Dave of the Cosmere deep dive, deep dive, Cosmere <laughs> deep dive of like after he catches up for like each book. Have have like an, a a segment where where he just like recaps the recap of the recap. I thought you were gonna say that he listens to the spoiler section and bullet points it. I mean, maybe I'll 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 have to talk to him about it. I bet he'll be on board, or maybe not because it's like more work for him and he's already doing a bunch of work for this. I, I mean, know. it doesn't have to be a lot of bullet points. It could just be like Mike talked about this and Craig talked about this. Too bad. So I have to try to remember stuff from, like, the episode I listen to while I'm editing for, like, show notes. And the moment I get to the point of, of needing to type in show notes every single week, I immediately forget everything I just heard. So, like, it just 
enters your brain. It's like a copper mine. It goes in, and then once you write it down, it leaves. No, no, no. Before I write it down, that's the problem. <laughs> Got it. Writing show notes is, out. is the hardest thing because, yeah, like as soon as I get, as soon as I'm done editing and like I get to the point of uploading the episode and typing out the show notes of like, here's a quick like one sentence description of something that happened in the episode, I completely lose all memory of everything that happened in the episode. And, and like, I just listened to it like 20 minutes ago, I finished listening to it. So anyway, you guys got anything else for? For spoilers this week i do surprise well it should be a surprise because i didn't actually so i haven't read this week's chapters because i started reading book six of the dresden files i've decided to pick it up once again and i could have mentioned this in good thing actually i probably should have um but it's starting to grab me a little bit it's i i'm interested uh i per- i purchased book six and seven so i'll, I'll be continuing into book seven but that's the reason I haven't read the chapters. So I, I want to read that. I already read Oathbringer. I wanted to go read wh- whatever the heck the name of the book is. I don't know. It's book six. Okay. Um, book six is... That's Blood Rites? Blood Rites. Yes. Book seven is is a real high point in the series. Yeah, I've, I've heard. So I'm actually sort of excited to read that one. But book six isn't bad. It, like, it if, feels... If you're still better. only like halfway on board after book seven then you you legit should quit the series. So from from everything I heard, and I know this is the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast, not the Dresden Files Deep Dive podcast, but whatever, uh, we've all read them. But yeah, so it's it's all about like the first few books are like setting up its word building, world building. And the payoff starts happening like after or maybe in book seven, I don't know, or after book seven. So all that stuff that was set up beforehand finally get to start cashing that in and maybe even building more for all i know i i've only read six books guys i don't know but i'm i'm curious to see if um book, book seven, seven is actually hype. like very standalone it uses almost nothing of the world building that's been set up in the previous books i think you mentioned i could start at that book it was intentionally written as an alternative starting point because that's also like the first book that was published in hardcover oh okay Anyway, so yeah, I'm curious about it. I mean, I, I've I've liked. I haven't like really disliked the books. Um, and I get references in book six. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that sort of happening. I didn't really remember book five very well, but book four I think was the Fae one, and that one was sort of cool. Book four is is where the world building really like kicks off for me. Yeah. Um, book five introduces some of the best recurring villains. I don't remember book five very well. I'll be honest. Well, that might be a problem moving forward. Oh, well, oh, I might I might hear the villain. I'll be like, oh, it's that dude. We'll see. But yeah, book seven is like, um, yeah, it's it's one of the best examples of all the things that are good about this series. Cool. anyway, that's the reason I haven't read the Oathbringer chapters this week. However, I do want to talk about the SD cards, as Dave calls them, which is the, the epigraphs, because this is super important, guys. It's so important, I'm going to reread them to you right now. It's so Starting important. With... It, this is the only bit of this information that we get in the entire series so far. Yes. This is Chapter all the information we have on the Bondsmith Malishi capturing Ba'edo Mishram, who is responsible for the false desolation. Ah! This should have been a bigger thing that we got more information about from more places. Well, I'm I'm hoping we're going to get more as the books go on, because it, it, it is super important that there, there is there is like a tease in Rhythm of War 
And now we can go back and look at these epigraphs. And this is where we actually get uh, a bit of the timeline. So I'm just going to quickly read them out. They're very quick, starting with chapter 77. It starts with, something must be done about the remnants of Odium's forces. The Parsh, as they are now called, continue their war with zeal, even without their masters from damnation. Um, do you want me to break it down per epigraph or just read all of them at once? Just go through the whole thing. A coalition has been formed among scholar radiants. Our goal is to deny the enemy their supply of void light. This will prevent their continuing transformations and give us an edge in combat. Our revelation is fueled by the theory that the unmade can perhaps be captured like ordinary spren. It would require a special prison and Malishi. Bay Edo Mishram has somehow connected with the Parsh people, as Odium once did. She provides void light and facilitates forms of power. Our strike team is going to imprison her. We are uncertain the effect this will have on the Parsh. At the very least, it should deny them forms of power. Malishi is confident but Na Naze daughter Uzodu warns of unintended side effects. Oh boy! Yeah, that that uh, that Shin person with the warning. Yep. Uh, very important warning. Should not yep. have been ignored. Nope. So we get a lot of information actually just from these epigraphs. So one, well, we'll start with the Shin. Um, it sounds like that's a Shin who happens to be a radiant. So we haven't seen it yet. But this, oh, that's not true. Zeth is a night radiant, but uh. For the most part, Shin haven't been being radiant right now. So that's interesting. Um, Malishi, as you guys might remember from, from earlier talks, is a bondsmith who has bonded with the sibling. And boy, are there side effects from capturing Bay Edomishram. Because not only do all of the, the Parsh, as it's referred to here, the singers, lose their connection and identity but something i believe so this this is my personal theory but something happens to the night radiance as well aside from the skybreakers who i believe didn't want any part of this whole thing so i don't know we're we're told very cryptically during adolin's trial that the the bonded spren chose it so i don't know um so yeah so uh, and of course, this is where we get the information that Bay Ada Mistrum has connected to the singers, and she is somehow providing void light, which is, you know, we, we've seen void light in Rhythm of War for the most part. I mean, it's I don't this might actually be the first reference to it in the book, as as Dave said, I'm not 100 percent certain, but we have seen it before because that doesn't um Gavilar has some in, in, in his gems. He has some void light. So, yeah. this is not the first time we're seeing it. We also yes. see some of the fused, like, use void light. Yeah. It's not called that yet, I don't think, but yeah. Right. Like, we get to see it in action. So, yeah, so we, we know from these epigraphs that unmade can be captured in a perfect gem. We, we find that later on as well, and that was the plan that the uh, Night Radiance decided to take. And from the earlier epigraphs, we know that things are getting um, a little worrying, because the... Aretheru um, was sort of shutting down, which is weird because the siblings still exist at this this point. I mean, Malishi is, is still going and she's bonded with the sibling. So for whatever reason, they decide to abandon Aretheru, which is why they're recording uh, this information in the gemstones. And um, so I guess things are getting a little worrying in the war that they're having in this false desolation. So this is sort of like get a strike team, go capture Bayota Mishram. That is the plan. It's revealed here. Um, and capture into a, a perfect gem, and nothing will go wrong with this plan. Um, it will just deny them forms of power. Clearly, easy, done. And it's all Ishar's fault. I'm convinced. 
<laughs> yeah, right? He probably's like, oh, yeah, this is fine. He's 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 not revealing who he is, but he could totally be. I don't think he's Malishi, though, but he's, no. he's definitely somebody. No, definitely not Malishi, but he could be like screwing with the sibling and breaking the tower in some way. He definitely bonded by Domishram to everybody but the singers. They're the singers? Everyone but the listeners. Everybody, yeah, whatever. Whichever group means what. I, I like that. I, I I think that's, like, we've seen him mess with connection in Rhythm of War. Um, so, yeah, he, he could have been the one who set that up, so Bay Ada Mishram could do that. Not, not necessarily making her bond to the singers, but maybe just setting it up so she was capable of doing so. And then she did the rest to supply them void light and connecting with the, the singers. Um, oh, and the, the perfect gems aren't, so there's also a size requirement. Like they have to be like cut perfectly and be above whatever size. So like you right. can't have like a, a, a perfectly cut chip, right? Yeah. And, and expect to well, hold a fused. What if it or, was for a, a very a tiny spread? Oh yeah. But we're talking about non-made here. They are not tiny. So if you had one that was big enough, could you hold the Stormfather? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If if you knew how to trap him into a gem, which how to do that varies from spren to spren, and the Stormfather is a unique spren, so there's a unique method for trapping him that no one's ever done it before that I'm aware of. Big white windowless gem says free candy on the side. <laughs> what? Yeah, that'd work. I feel like the Stormfather is so easy to read that they could totally figure out how to capture him. He, Free he... oaths here. <laughs> oh, so many oaths. So good. Um, anyway, so yeah, so things are getting a little wearing, and they decide to make this strike team. Um, Malishi, the, the Bondsmith, is going to be heading the, the strike team, uh, as she's the one who's able to capture Bay Ada Mishram, which means that there has to be some sort of... Cause as we were just talking about, you need some way to entice a sprint slash unmade to go into the gem. So there, there is more here that isn't even written because they clearly know a lot about Bay Edo Mishram and none of it is written down, which bugs the heck out of me because I feel like that unmade is super important. Well, the people leaving the messages don't know these things. Sure. Like, yeah. Uh, Malishi almost certainly has has worked out a method at this point, and it requires a bondsmith. So, yep. and since Malishi was the only bondsmith at the time, it yeah, it it used By him. Default. It it needed him. Um, I can't imagine that the sibling was on board with this plan, given how the sibling has reacted to you know other spren trapped in gems in the in that, the current day. Is that a Maybe reaction to this? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because of this maybe um i do know that but, like the sibling wants the thrill released which seems like a bad idea <laughs> as we've seen all through this book and like the thrill is mindless so keeping it at a gem doesn't actually seem all that bad from like a a being cruel to the thrill perspective like the mindless unmade should be fair game to gemify right like well the thrill... then not according to the sibling the Thrill, Nergal, uh, Eshertmarn, all of those. They they don't they don't think so. Yeah, but it it doesn't matter to the sibling. I know sibling wants like regular like flame friend released. So yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to have a meaningful conversation with the sibling about that. So more than likely, however they 
were able to get Bay Ada Mishram captured into a gem, that probably either they needed to use the sibling in some way, uh, or but like I I I don't think it's Bay Ada Mishram it's herself being captured that sort of ruins everything and go and creates the recreants. I think it's a combination of everything that's happening during this event. Um, the fact that it's the the bondsmith bonded to the sibling that was the one that had to do the action, perhaps even had to use the sibling in some way in order to do this, which sort of led to whatever the heck happened uh, to Tower Light and, and everything like that, that sort of put the, the sibling to sleep and also sort of led to the recreants because we know so little, guys. Oh, maybe Malishi died in the attempt because we've seen how um, the Sprint react when their radiance die. So that, that would definitely put it to sleep. Yes, I've had a thought about why the tower might be failing. Uh, yeah. There is only one Bondsmith, right? Right. And, it, and it's Malishi who is bonded to the sibling, which means that there isn't a Bondsmith that is bonded to uh, the Night Watcher. Meaning right. that there may not be a source of life light, and you need life light and storm light to make tower light. Yes? Uh, Maybe. Yes. Like, lift is a very, very special case and should not be considered a standard for anything. Right. So, modern day, we have lift as a source of life light, but weird special case, not, not applicable in any other scenarios. So, in the past, they almost certainly would have needed a. Night Mother bonded Bondsmith to create lifelight. Or am I am I making sense here? You are making sense, yes. And you go long enough without one, and you don't have a new source of tower light, then yeah, the tower starts starts stopping working. That's a that's a sentence that is is English. Yeah. Mm, maybe it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I could see it because, like you said, the the information is there that they're. The tower is stopping from working. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe. And, I don't know, maybe after the death of Honor, Stormfather, and uh, Nightmother, Nightwatcher? Nightwatcher. Both, like, decided to just stop bonding bo bonding new bondsmiths. Yeah. Like, obviously Stormfather went back on that, but it's been a while. Does, does this track? I feel like this tracks. Maybe. We need more information, is what we need. Yeah, but I can't find any... Holes. All right. So, what else you got, Craig or Tori? Mm, that's it. Nope, I'm done. All right, Tori. Next week, I need you to bring something to spoiler time. What? Why? Do I also you... get to bring stuff? No, no. Next week but... is all Tori. No, Craig. <laughs> okay, Craig. I might reach out to you for some <laughs> ideas later. <laughs> Am I just gonna pass you my notes? I'm still gonna. If I do read, I do plan on reading these chapters, catching up because I'm almost done books of Dresden Files. So and. We're almost done with part three, right? Yeah. Because yes. Shalon, Shalon had her her deepest, darkest moment, and then her psyche just sort of shatters from here. Oh, Kaladin needs to have his deep, dark moment, too. That's Next coming up. Next week is the end of, of part three. Yeah. Everybody so. gets all, like, suicidal. Like, very depressed. Because everything they tried failed. Yeah. It is a low point for them. Oh, crap, this is where Elokar dies, isn't it? Yep, that's oh, the no. end of part three. It's oh, no. Happening. Moash, why? It's the start of F. Moash. That's where it begins. 
I mean, but it's not where it ends. I understand Bo Ashwai. Like I, I super yes. get where he's coming from for this one. I Teft understand so, this but, one. Yeah. No, I don't understand Tef at all. That's the moment for me where it's like he's unforgivable. At up to this book, it's still maybe. I mean, he does do the weird thing where he kills Yezrian at the end. Um, that's sort of like, yo, what are you doing, man? Um, but well, okay, he doesn't know who Yezrian is. No, they, they aren't. Te- they aren't telling him this. They're just giving him a job. And I, st- like, I still think he's forgivable by that point. Yeah, him killing Yezrian is like big on on like a worldwide scale, but for his personal story, it's it's nothing. It's it's a blip. Yeah, but yeah, when when he kills Tef, no, that's he has crossed the unforgivable line, and I'm all on board of F Moash after that point. I still think he can come back. I don't think no. he's gonna because he's he's like ex- at this point explicitly a a way to show Cal like what if Kaladin. Yeah. But yeah. He's definitely Kaladin's foil. And oh yeah, th- there's no way he's gonna be the champion. There's no reason like nobody That's on what people want because they think Kaladin's gonna be Dalinar's champion. So they're like, of course Moash is gonna be the one. But no, I, I'm with you. He's not. Odium doesn't even know or or care. I mean, he he has a little bit more importance because he's currently the tool that they're using to to capture the the heralds. But he's um, not he's not important them. to that side. Like right, he's not a it could big be deal anyone. there. It could be anyone. I still think it's L, just because otherwise I don't understand why he was introduced the way he was at the end of yeah at the end of the fourth book. But I mean, I, I still have a pet theory that it's Gavilar. It's the cognitive yeah. shadow of Gavilar. That's I feel like Gavilar thing. is more likely. But again, I don't understand why L was introduced if it's if it's not going to be L. Unless L is Gavilar, cognitive shadow made into a fused. That doesn't make any sense. L existed for I have centuries, to reread the millennia. lore. I don't. I don't remember L. So yeah, it was the weird fuse that like However, replaced bits of himself with metal. Hold the phone. Odium, Ray's Odium, would have used L as champion. But we now have Todium. And why would he use L? Why wouldn't he use Gavilar if he can access? I think things have changed. Now that now that uh, Teravangian is Odium, I think things have changed. Oh, and, and Teravangian very specifically was introduced as a prospective son of honor. Yes. In the, in, oh. Oh, snap. Oh, this theory just gained a little water. Oh, I don't like where this is going. It, you don't like it because it's going to be successful for Teravangian slash Odium. I mean, I mean, the the end of the fifth book has to be a downer, right? Like it has to be release Odium. Odium is yeah. now free to roam the Cosmere. Mm. Like gotta be right. Yeah. Anyway, I have to put a baby to bed, so uh, I'm done. Yeah, I oh, don't okay. have to put a baby to bed, but I am also done. I'll be done too. Okay. Do you have any? Do you have a yes or no on a baby to bed? Uh, I've got some dogs I need to feed. Okay. So I say babies stay up forever. Craig puts babies to bed. Tori feeds dogs. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Good night, internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at @CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is "Traveling Made Up Continents" by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.